Chris Howell Communications. This is Principles for Success, the Chris Howell Podcast. Success is something we all want to attain in the various areas of our lives, but it can be challenging. So in this podcast, Chris aims to have conversations with those who have achieved a level of success and hopes that principles they share will help you to remove the roadblocks and move you to victory, whether it's relationships, business, or any other area of life. Are you ready for success? Here we go. Thank you, Joy. Hello, and welcome to episode number 30 of our Principles for Success podcast. I'm Chris Howell, and I hope you had a great week. It's been a good one for me. And thank you for taking time out to listen to this podcast. Now, in this week's episode, we feature a conversation that I had with Ebony Combs. And actually, it was recorded for The Chris Howell Show, which is my television program. And many of those interviews are featured on my website. And occasionally, we will share some of those conversations here on the podcast. And this happens to be one of them. Now, I really believe you're going to enjoy the conversation with Ebony and pick up some great success principles along the way. Part of me didn't really know my own strength Mm -hmm. until I started this journey. I've learned that I'm stronger than what I thought I was before. I thought being a single mom and doing that since three months pregnant was going to be very hard for me. My mom going to the doctor with me, you know, and my parents, my sister, my aunt being in the delivery room with me. I thought all of that was a test of my faith and resilience. But this (laughs) is unmatched. I mean, (laughs) this is a true test. So I've learned my own strength. I've learned what I can tolerate. And I've learned to use my voice and to no longer be quiet about the things that I desire. Ebony Combs is a brand ambassador consultant. She's a speaker, host, a lifestyle talent, best-selling author, and a key contributor to the Huffington Post. It's a great conversation with her. Sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Now let's get to it. Ebony, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited about having you here. I'm excited about having you here because you are personally working with me and helping me to better understand social media and how to use your brand to leverage it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We're doing this whole Ask Chris How Wednesday thing that you guys <laughs> have been seeing. Well, that's the brainchild of Ebony Combs. Ebony, before we get into all of what you do, let's tell folks, first of all, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. Well, I am first a woman of faith. I believe yes. in God strongly. I know that he is the reason why I'm on this journey. I am a mother of a beautiful baby girl, nine-year-old, who is almost the same height as me. We wear the same shoe size. Whoa! I'm excited for her to outgrow a size nine so she can stay out of my closet. I am a daughter to two uh, wonderful parents and a sister to an older sister. We're seven years apart, um, who's my best friend. And just a hard worker who's determined to live my best life and not allow life to knock me down. Man, okay. All right, so let's talk about this. How did you get started on this road to journalism? How I got started on this road is very odd. I went to school for business administration, HR, have a master's degree in leadership, higher education. I decided that I'd do what was expected of me. Uh You know, you go to high school, then it's college, and then you get this corporate job to live the American dream. That's what I was on. Didn't consider much else because that was outside of the norm. Mm -hmm. And I come from a very traditional household where that's what my parents expected. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for a little while and was very uncomfortable. I was always unhappy at work. I was good at what I did, but very unhappy. Mm -hmm. Helping people in HR was huge for me. I loved that portion of it. But as far as where I was with my gifts, I was in the wrong spot. And so figuring that out, being up against the wall, yeah. I um, 
got on Twitter after taking a class with my corporate job that was on Twitter and how to maximize his use. Uh And once I did that course, I got on there and I made the connection with larger brands. And My Black is Beautiful ended up having this search for ambassadors, national ambassadors. Mm -hmm. I threw my name in the hat and was selected. And on the plane ride there, I said to my job, effective immediately, I resign. One sentence. And here I am. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't take much for that one sentence. No two-week notice, effective immediately, I'm out of here. I attempted to take off On the work. way there. You hadn't even gotten there and actually interviewed or found out all of what this was going to be yet. Well, I'd been selected. We had uh-huh. done a private photo shoot in Chicago. Okay. We got announced on the BET Awards of 2014. So I knew that I had the opportunity. It yes. was a part-time opportunity initially. Mm-hmm. And I was going to do both. I was going to be the ambassador and I was going to work my corporate job. But yeah. God didn't want me to do that. It yeah. wasn't room for me to do both. And um, so I said, hey, you won't let me off. I needed two days. And then we had a holiday on 4th of July. They told me no. I had the time. So that was God's message to me. Are you going to trust me and step out on faith? Are you going to stay in the same space where you know what to expect? Yeah. You know, I got tired of them telling me what I was worth. And you, did you have your daughter at the time? I did. Okay. So you have, how old was your daughter at this time? At the time, she's nine now. So she's Six and a half, seven. Okay, six and a half, mm-hmm. seven-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. single parent. Yes. And you're thinking, okay, I'm going to give up full-time job with benefits and mm-hmm. all those things that come with a corporate job. Yes. I'm going to give up this full-time gig to go do this thing part-time mm-hmm. that doesn't offer me any benefits or anything that, that offer mm-hmm. me this job. But this is more of what fits in line with my gifting and yes. my promise. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. that's a bold leap of faith. It is. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I don't recommend it to anybody, but I'll tell you that I had gone on rounds and rounds of interviews. My last one was with a large company, well-known brand, Mm -hmm. to lead their HR team. And I interviewed, did a presentation for the CFO. And she had been a commuter. Mm -hmm. Uh, My drive one way was going to be an hour and a half, but I was okay because I wanted out from my other company. And she had a candid conversation with me after my presentation. She said, I loved it. I loved everything about it. You connected with us. I think you do some great things for this organization, but I want to tell you my one concern, Mm -hmm. and that is you're a single mom with a small child. You're going to spend more time in the car than you are with her, Mm -hmm. and I want you to think about that, and that would be my only reason for saying no. I still have maintained a relationship with that organization. I just don't work for them. Because she had that conversation with me, I mm-hmm. needed to hear that. Yes. And that, for me, I've been praying about it and being still. That was my message to go, take yes. the leap of faith. Yeah. And even though I didn't know what was to come, that yeah. it was going to be a rocky road, it was going to be challenging, I had the support of my family. I have a great village. Mm-hmm. And it was like, look, we've, saw, we've seen you and witnessed you do everything we asked you to do. Right. Do it the way that we wanted you to. And we've seen you uncomfortable in that space. Right. And um, we admire you for even considering it. So Man. I left. Man. Having the village, I mean, your family, so to speak, to, in place that really helped you to say, I'm going to, being a single mom, having a young daughter, I'm still going to take this leap of faith from this corporate job into entrepreneurship or this part-time opportunity, so to speak. I would say my village somewhat helped me take that faith, okay. uh, leap of faith. 
But for the most part, the level of expectation I have for myself. My yeah. father was very tough on my sister and I growing up. He he told us, look, you got to show me where you've been for four years, which was a degree, mm-hmm. or show me where you're going for four years, which was the military. Those were our only two options. <laughs> <laughs> Dad laid it down, okay. Yes. But I did not choose the military because I got tired of him telling me when to wake up at 5 a.m., how to wash the dishes. And this is going to be a continuation of that, huh? Yes. So I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to opt for college, and I'll come yes. back with that piece of paper to show you where I've been. Okay. And so because he instilled that in us to where we needed to have that grind, the work ethic, and yes. we had high level of expectations for ourselves, yeah. that is what I, why I say somewhat. Because, yes, I had a village to fall back on Mm -hmm. and that's the perception that everybody has. Yes. My own expectations wouldn't allow me to fully take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to still grind and get it myself and take care of my daughter for myself. And so that's what gets me up every single day is knowing that it's on me that I have to focus and she's counting on me. Yeah. Yeah, I have this, what you want to quote unquote call safety net, Mm -hmm. but that's not the reason why I took the leap of faith. I would have done it either way. Man. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, Certainly not to take anything away from your mom. Not even knowing your mom, but nothing mm-hmm. to take away anything from. Your but do you really think having both parents in your home really helped to shape? Because I sense this strength that you have, this inner strength. Do mm-hmm. you really think that having both of your parents there is really what placed that in you? I'll say it helped. I okay. can't speak from a space of single parent home. That yeah. wasn't my story, but it's right. my story now. Okay. And so I didn't understand it until I became one. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that my parents are this great mixture of resilience and determination. Yeah. My mom is a no-nonsense woman. Yeah. She's the go-to person of the family. You know if you ask her to do something, the follow-through is going to be amazing. Yes. My father is very stern. He's hardworking. And he is, by any means necessary, I have to provide and protect for my family. Yeah. So I think the combination of the two is what has shaped and molded me into the person I am today. But my mom, as far as resilience and the the level of, you know, get it done. Yes. (laughs) I'll tell you the story really quickly. I remember my sophomore year of college. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, pledging my sorority. I was going to school. I had experienced my second death from my grandparents. They Mm -hmm. all passed away while I was in school. Yes. No one seen me graduate. And mm-hmm. I remember I called home and I was taking this stat class and math is not my strong suit. Yeah. And so I had a D in there mm-hmm. and I called home and I'm telling my dad because he's the more, you know, laxed parents. I, I'm a daddy's girl. So yeah. I'm like, OK, I can break the news to him first. Let him tell mom. Let him tell her. <laughs> well, she overheard. Oh, OK. And all I heard her say was a day. <laughs> And I already knew what that meant. Is that a D in your name? <laughs> right. And I was no. like, well, mama, D for Delta. And she was like, no. <laughs> I didn't send you there for that. Man. And so I'll tell you, having both of my parents, you know, I have these funny stories with them. But yes. having both of them in my home has been an amazing uh, experience for me as a woman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually, I just sensed that strength. And then when you talked about your dad and how he talked about it's, you know, either show me four years of where you've mm-hmm. been and four years where you're going, I could just see that you relived that moment right then. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, you're doing a lot. I mean, let's, first of all, let's talk about this Huffington Post opportunity. Not very many African-American women write for the Huffington Post. Great organization, mm-hmm. but let's just say not a lot of African-American women uh, have written for them. Talk about this opportunity and how it came to be. 
The opportunity for Huffington Post came from my opportunity as a My Black is Beautiful ambassador. Mm -hmm. They knew that I was a single mom. I could relate. The audience wanted more of that. Mm -hmm. They wanted to know how I got there, the story, how I was able to maintain that. And so from that, I wrote for PNG Every Day, which was the online for Procter & Gamble site. Mm -hmm. uh, Mother's Day, I did a single mom's tribute and how you know we should speak and have those conversations with our daughters about beauty. And the more and more that I would do different things for Huffington Post and the PNG, different brands within PNG, they just noticed that, you know, this is something I really enjoyed and the audience loved it. They loved the conversational writing that I had, as that aspect. And so from there, it just opened up the doors to where the firm called me one day and said, hey, would you be interested if we pitched you based on the articles you've already presented to the Huffington Post and they presented them and the next thing you know I had my own column to where I could write about being a mommy, being an entrepreneur, yeah. talking about beauty. So it kind of just shaped everything from that journey uh, to where I am today. And how long have you been doing this? Been doing this two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in two years, you have really taken this opportunity and you have really maximized it mm -hmm. and built a tremendous following. Yes. And I want to talk about that whole relatability factor when we come mm -hmm. back because okay. I think, you know, you have really got a handle on this. And how you're helping me, like I said, when we opened the show, we talked about how you're helping me to understand how to take this Twitter audience and relate to them and mm -hmm. open up to them and share with them and, and really build that relationship and maximize that opportunity. First of all, when did you first start getting in tune with this thing of how to, I mean, because you have so many people that read your column. How do you determine what's going to be, what folks are going to be attracted to and, and you can relate to? I believe it's just a part of, you know, face-to-face -face journalism where you have to listen to the person that you're interviewing right. to kind of, you know, pull out those things in them. Same thing with writing. Uh, you have to look at what people want, what they've been asking you for indirectly. Mm -hmm. okay. So a lot of people will post things on their social media accounts and you just take it and you say, hey, I've got some expertise in that area. Let me just talk about it. And it's all about that organic engagement. Mm -hmm. I believe that is you know, the key to my success and that of others is that you have to make sure that you are open to being candid with people. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people all the time, yes, I quit with that one sentence, but I don't recommend it. You know, okay. um, entrepreneurship is not glamorous. It's not what you see in the magazines. Right. So I just think it's about all being candid and transparent. Yeah, you know, you, you started something there. I want to go ahead and go down there. Road. Okay. <laughs> Talking about this entrepreneurship thing. You've been an entrepreneur uh, full-time now for how long? Two years. Two years. Mm -hmm. So taking the leap of faith to where you are now, as you assess the situation, is there something that you would have done differently prior to taking that leap? Oh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just pick out one. Okay. Because we'll be here all day. I will say that the savings, you yes. know, the financial aspect. Yeah. And like I told you, my plan was to keep both the ambassador role mm -hmm. and my corporate job. The company I was working for wasn't open to that, so I had to take the leap of faith. Right. But I would definitely recommend that you have that investor, is what I would call it, that right. nine to five who can help funnel money into what your dream is. Right. You know, so it's been the scariest process, the most challenging that I've done. I thought college was hard, but that was a piece of cake. I could right. probably go back and get four or five more degrees. <laughs> But I will tell you that um, the financial part. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I recommend to most folks as well. Mm -hmm. When they ask me about going into entrepreneurship full time, I highly recommend if you're married, make sure one of you maintain a consistent income, benefits, and all those things that are important mm -hmm. that come with a corporate job while the other one takes that leap. Uh, but if you're single, 
then I recommend, like you just talked about, at least having six months to a year of savings. And that means your mortgage, rent, whatever it is you have to pay, having those things stored up because uh, there are going to be up and downs to it. I mean, it doesn't mean you don't do it. Just prepare differently if you're going to take the leap of faith. Mm -hmm. But what have you learned about yourself that you wouldn't have learned otherwise had you not stepped into this world of entrepreneurship? You know, people used to always say, oh, you're so strong. Mm -hmm. I was always the go-to person to give this advice. And, you know, part of my journey has been, well, if I'm going to be the go-to person to give this advice, well, might as well get paid for it. <laughs> there you go. So, but a part of me didn't really know my own strength mm -hmm. until I started this journey. Mm -hmm. I've learned that I'm stronger than what I thought I was before. Mm -hmm. I thought being a single mom and doing that since three months pregnant was going to be very hard for me. My mm -hmm. mom going to the doctor with me, you know, in my parents, my sister, my aunt being in the delivery room with me. I thought all of that was a test of my faith and resilience. Yeah. But this yeah. <laughs> is unmatched. I mean, <laughs> this is a true test. So I've learned my own strength. I've learned yeah. what I can tolerate and I've learned to use my voice and to yeah. no longer be quiet about the things that I desire. Talk about that because there is a lot of freedom in that, and talk about. But it's it's tough to get to that place, though. And I think for many people, we struggle with using our voice. Mm -hmm. Talk about what got you to that point and how you felt as a result of it. Because my silence had me miserable. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. Me not using my voice, being quiet about things, and you know, accommodating other people in a way that made me dim my own light. You know, I couldn't do it anymore. It's frustrating. Mm -hmm. I used to in corporate America go by Danielle, which mm -hmm. is my middle name. Okay. Because Ebony was too ethnic and I was in HR. So okay. I didn't want people to know that I was African American when they first met me from a Man. resume. So I would go by Danielle and I had this conversation with Lisa Nichols in New Orleans and we literally had a funeral for Danielle. She Man. said, put her away. Lisa Nichols has a way of doing stuff like that. She huh? does. <laughs> And I'll tell you that pulled in my heartstrings. Yeah. You know, she had me in tears. She got a napkin out, wrote Danielle on it, and she said, we are burying her. No longer will you go by Danielle. Because it was a, almost a different personality, a different person. Yeah. And Ebony was always in the shadows of that because that's what I thought everybody else wanted from me. Mm -hmm. And the moment that I decided to be Ebony was like this light bulb went off. Man. And I told myself I never want to be in that position again. You know, I think what you just said there is so helpful and um, beneficial for women and even men, some mm -hmm. men who are viewing today, because I think really being true to who we are and being that authentic, our authentic self mm -hmm. is a struggle. And why it's a struggle, I don't, I don't know. I don't claim to know the answer, mm -hmm. but I do know that it is. And I think when you get to that point to where you can open up and just be who you are, I mean, it, it is a freeing experience and it opens up. Uh, endless possibilities for you because you're now going to seek out other opportunities mm -hmm. that you once at one point probably would have shied away from. So when you talk about the strength that you've gained in being an entrepreneur, Danielle probably would have never been able to find this level of strength because mm -hmm. you weren't being true to yourself, first of all. Yeah, she was too worried about what other people thought. The yeah. opinions of others weighed too heavily in her world. Yeah. I remember a boss told me, you know, I was intimidating because I walked in a room and everybody paid attention. Mm. And initially, Danielle said, oh, well, I don't want you uncomfortable. But Man. then Ebony said, well, wait, I can't apologize for your lack of confidence. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what it was. Man. And my parents never taught me to walk in a room and be shy, to not approach somebody or even with, that's why I don't get starstruck. Mm -hmm. You know, I yeah. just look at celebrities as, look, 
you just earn a little bit more money than what right. I do right now. Right. Right now <laughs> you is the know? key. Yeah. That's the only difference between the two. Yeah. And I, I will credit that to my mom and dad for yeah. giving me that strength. And I finally found what they were telling me about. Man, it certainly sounds like your parents have instilled some great principles and mm -hmm. and uh, uh, things to live by. So certainly I want to talk more about that when we come back in just a moment. And then I want you to share uh, those things that you feel have attributed to your success. Yes. I want to wrap up in this session really talking about the things that you have learned uh, in your two years of being an entrepreneur, but not just in the entrepreneurship, but what you've learned in life to allow you to obtain the level of success that you have. We talked about earlier you having a tremendous following because you can really relate to your audience. What do you think it is about you that you've applied that allow people to just gravitate to you the way that they do? I'd say what I've applied to make people gravitate towards me has been the level of transparency, yeah. knowing that that's something that everybody desires. Um, the fact that mainstream media doesn't show us what our beauty looks like from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about, you know, the aesthetics and the makeup and the hair. And my thing is I take all of that off and we yeah. just talk and having that conversation. So I think that's what makes me relatable to the masses and yeah. has that following for me. Yeah. So what's next for you? I mean, you're right now you're again, we talked about it earlier. You're a brand consultant that people are seeking out all over to help them with their brand, to leverage their brand. Uh, you're writing for the Huffington Post. Mm -hmm. You're a hair model and a hair coach. Now, before you answer the question, <laughs> okay. I guess I just said that and thinking, I don't know that I really understand what a hair coach does. Okay. So to help me to understand what exactly does a hair coach Okay, so hair coaching for me, I'm a natural hair model. So not just a hair model, I'm a natural hair model. Okay. Which is not something that's, you know, widely accepted. Yes. You know, it's trendy now where people are wearing, you know, natural weaves, but for a woman to truly embrace her natural hair and wear it and go on the journey because it's not a trend, it is a journey. Mm -hmm. It's harder than me being relaxed, honestly. Okay. Uh, the humidity and the rain, I run from it if my hair is straight. If it's natural, then I'll embrace it. It's free moisturizer. Okay. So basically just teaching women what corporate curls look like looks mm. like. So for a woman who's in corporate America where it's not really something that's acceptable without us feeling without people feeling like we're Angela Davis, the Black Panther Party walking into the office, you yes. know, because sometimes the color of our skin, the reality is people are intimidated by that. Yeah. So corporate curls addresses how are you natural? and doing that unapologetically mm -hmm. to where you don't apologize for it, you still embrace it, but what does the hair look like? You know, is it in this big fro or is it in this maintained twist out? So we talk yeah. about the different styles. Being a hair coach, I go down the natural hair uh, aisle in stores with my clients. Mm -hmm. I go shopping with them. Man. I teach them how to not become a product junkie. Okay. You know, and how to have versatility with their natural hairstyles. So that's the coaching aspect, facilitating okay. different courses, making products at home. Mm -hmm. People will be surprised the things they can pull out of their pantry and their refrigerator that will help them with their natural hair journey. Can mayonnaise be used in any process? Yes. Well, what do you can use? Mayonnaise? And a friend of mine just, you know, yesterday told me, uh, I eat mayonnaise. I can't see that being in my hair. Uh -huh. And I post different recipes on my Instagram. So mayonnaise is actually a great conditioner for the hair. I don't know why I just said mayonnaise. I just thought yeah. if you're going to use anything, mayonnaise would probably be the thing. Mayonnaise. Mustard, I don't know how well mustard would work. Mm, no. <laughs> mayonnaise, avocado, honey, olive what? oil, coconut oil, those things are in people's homes. Okay. And they don't have to go and spend a ton at the natural hair section. They can make it at home. So let me ask you this then. 
you know, I'm probably looking a little nappy, probably need a haircut, but anyway. <laughs> As a man, can we apply some of these same principles, mm -hmm. I guess? Of course. Your hair is in its natural state unless you have a relaxer on your hair. No, you but can tell there's no relaxer yeah, on You're you being funny. It's in its natural <laughs> hair state. <laughs> so you can use the same things. It's not just exclusive to women. This okay. is men and women can use these same practices. You know, maintaining the hair, getting regular haircuts, making sure you don't get the ingrown hairs. I mean, okay. there's so much for men to actually experience. You still need to moisturize your hair. You yeah. still wash your hair. Yeah. Make your own conditioner. Make your own shampoo so there's steps that men also i have male clients as well okay well just today as you are helping folks and coaching folks with their hair you're also doing the same thing with helping folks and coaching folks in business and in mm -hmm. life in our closing minutes if you will please share with us what do you feel are the three things that you have consistently applied in your life in your business mm -hmm. that have allowed you to obtain the level of success that you have Three things I've consistently applied yes. to get to the level of success that I have right now. Because yes. I plan to go much higher. Yes. Uh, which is the reason why my company's name is Brand Me Global. I've already yeah. claimed that in advance. So yeah, the first right. thing that I'd say would be my faith. Okay. Making sure that I don't apologize for that. Mm -hmm. Walking in a room and, and letting people see the God in me. That's important to me. I can't apologize and deny him in front of anybody, no matter who it is. No matter if that's going to be the difference between me getting this business deal or not, mm -hmm. I'm not going to apologize for loving God because right. he's loved on me in dark places when nobody else was around. Right. So that's the first thing that I will say is on my list of three. Secondly is trusting my gut going by the things that I've learned along the way, the life principles more than the degrees mm -hmm. uh, mean a lot to me and exercising those and putting them in place. And thirdly is making sure that it's not just for me, it's not the gain for myself, but I'm spreading love and I'm serving, yeah. I'm living that servitude space. So I'd say those are my top three would be, you know, God, you know, and not apologizing for my life experiences and being candid with those and then, you know, serving. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, very good stuff. You talked about the fact that that's uh, where you are now, but mm -hmm. you desire to move further beyond where you are now. Yes. What's next for Ebony Combs? Everything. And what everything encompasses is just making sure that I stay focused on my end result, which is, you know, having my own talk show. That's something I want to do where it's a candid platform, mm -hmm. you know, where I bring in men and women of faith and men and women who are successful in this space. And I give back to those who desire the same level of success, if not greater, and encouraging other people to be better than what I am, yeah. you know. But I ultimately want to have a blazer line. I love blazers. I don't have one on today, but normally yeah. I rock a pair of nice jeans, my brand me global tee, and a blazer. Okay. One my own blazer line. I love jewelry. Yeah. And um, to have my own hair products, I just started that with an Etsy shop of brand me natural. Mm -hmm. So I've got some shea butter that you can use to twist out your hair. So I want to expand that product line yes. and eventually want to have a partnership with my mom she does some interior design in her in her home mm -hmm. uh, so we could have maybe a bedding line but I've got so many things that I want to do yeah. and just partnering with larger brands to amplify their messages and gain more visibility for them by connecting them with key influencers okay I have no doubt that you will definitely do all of those things because I mean again you just this strength and this uh, energy just exudes from you that lets me know that you're certainly going to do it. Thank you. Final question for you. Mm -hmm. I may sound like a preacher now. I keep getting to my final close. <laughs> my final close. <laughs> but this is the final question. Mm -hmm. What is the one word that you best describes you? Resilient. Okay. I think that encompasses everything about me. Yeah. 
just resilient. I, I refuse you. to be knocked down. You certainly have shown that. Thank you. Been a great pleasure. Pleasure. All right. Thank you. I really hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Ebony. You can learn more about her in the show notes that are available on my website, chrishowonline.com. And while you're there, be sure to follow me on all of our social media platforms. As you heard in the conversation, Ebony's really trying to work with me to help increase our numbers on Twitter and all those areas. So uh, do me a big favor. Go out there and if you will, follow along on Twitter as well as Instagram. I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, be sure to log into iTunes and leave a note regarding the podcast. That would really help us out as well. Really appreciate your help in that. And again, thanks for listening. And I hope you're enjoying the show and I'd love to hear from you. Have a great weekend. To learn more about Principles for Success and Chris Howell Communications, visit chrishowellonline.com. Once there, access our media archive and find out about the other ways that Chris Howell Communications can inspire, impact, and inform.